Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 61st episode. This month I'm again joined by Andy, our tech guy at GPS Training. Welcome Andy to this Hello, month's everyone. podcast. How are you? Good, thank you. Has much been happening in Andy's life over the past month? I've just finished the Peak District courses. We've had some SatMap and Garmin courses. Back to back, I'm impressed. Yeah. Friday SatMap and then Garmin over the Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah, so they were good. Nice to be in the Peak District again. And in between, I'll be doing lots more trail running and walking in preparation for some events I'm doing next year. So lots of training. Are you going to break the news about your event now? On, live on the GPS Training Podcast. If you want us to. We can do. What are you going to yeah. do next year, so Andy? Next year, in June next year, I'm doing the Monte and Spine Challenger. Very good. Which, if anyone doesn't know, that's an event they do in the winter and the summer. They do three different events. I'm doing the one in the middle, which is the 108-mile one in June. So to run, walk, 108 miles. Ian, how long have you got to do that? 60 then? hours to do it in. Very good. Are you looking forward to it? Yep, excited. Excited, yeah. <laughs> like a, a child waits for Christmas. If you're going to wait till June, yeah. Andy. Just cost me a fortune. All the equipment I've had to buy, um, a lot of gear. You know, they've very well managed the organisers, and there's mm. a lot of important safety equipment. So I've just been buying lots of equipment over the last month and just out testing it really. Very good, excellent. And how's the training going? Not bad. Um, I've just started really on ramping up the the runs and walks to 20 miles plus just going to keep adding distance and start some night navigation very good excellent good stuff so we've got some exciting times ahead as we follow andy as he does his training ready for next june so back to the podcast what's in this month's podcast we're going to look at garmin base camp expedition 2 and the gps training free ordnance survey planet if none of that make any sense here don't worry we'll explain it as we go into the podcast we're going to look at some battery save tips for winter as winter is looming for both garmin and satmap users and then we're going to look at some number of ways you can carry both garmin and satmap outdoor gps unit then of course we've got andy's top tips so without further ado let's get on with this month's gps training podcast The first thing on this month's podcast is a look at Basecamp Expedition 2 or the GPS training route planning software. When should we use each of them and why? The reason this has come up because a number of people have rang and said, well, what should I be using? Should I be using your software? Should I be using Garmin Basecamp? Should I be using Expedition 2? So I thought, why don't Andy and I explain when, why we use each or when we use each of them in what situation? So... First of all, Andy, I'll just look to you, what is route planning software? Where do, what are each of these route planning software yeah. and how do they work? Okay, so all of the route planning softwares that John's mentioned, as the name suggests, they're all used for pre-planning a route before you go out and do a walk, hike, run, etc. They're also used for importing routes that you download from the internet. So you might download something from the internet that someone else has done. All three of the softwares you've mentioned can be used for importing in that GPX file to have a look at it on a map page. So Brilliant. we all do that in general. You know, that's what we generally use them for. So the three that we mentioned are Gamma Basecamp, um, Expedition 2 and the OS planner that we produce ourselves. So over to you, Garmin Basecamp, Andy, Garmin Basecamp. Quick summary about it, PC, Mac, desktop only, well, how much is it, what do we do with yeah. it? So Garmin Basecamp is a free software that you physically download to your computer. 
Windows or Mac compatible, doesn't cost anything. Once it's downloaded, you need to be on the internet obviously to download it. You don't need to be on the internet to use it. So that's the first thing. It's not internet based, it is a physical program on your computer. You use it with a Garmin GPS device, but the way it works, it reads the maps off your GPS device. So your GPS device does need to be plugged in with its USB cable that was supplied with it. So where we tend to use Garmin Basecamp, I suppose two scenarios. One, yes, you're offline, you've got no internet access, but you do have to have a GPS device that has detailed maps on it. So you bought your device from us with Ordnance Survey maps, or you may have downloaded some bird's eye mapping to the unit because you do need detailed maps on your unit to be able to plan with it can we use this on a mobile phone or not or is it just no like garmin base camp is purely for a, a laptop a desktop windows or mac with your device plugged in using a usb cable and reading the maps that were supplied on your unit yeah, so unless you've got a garmin gps unit plugged in it's fairly useless really because we're just going to get a base map out yeah, and we, we use it to import routes as well as we mentioned at the start so if you've got a route you've downloaded you import it but you need to see that really on top of a map hence the reason we use um you, you really want a gps plugged in that's got maps on it that came with maps with it brilliant so next one is what is expedition 2 so Expedition 2 is a software that SatMap have available as a web browser software. So the first thing that hopefully tells you is you do need to be online to use it. So if you're going away where you haven't got internet access, you're not going to be use, able to use it. So that's the first thing. When you use Expedition 2, the way it works, you sign up and create an account, a SatMap account, and you can have a free account that has some basic maps or you can pay for a premium account for the year. This is all done directly on SatMap's website. And what the premium account gives you access to Ordnance Survey, 1 to 50 and 1 to 25 maps for Great Britain, and lots of other maps for other countries. So you probably gather from this, it's not actually reading the maps off your SatMap unit. It is actually showing you maps online, depending on whether you get the free service with the more basic maps or you pay for a premium subscription. How much is a premium subscription then? Top of my head, I've forgotten. Um, they change the prices from time to time. I think it's about 40, it's not 40, 40 or 50 pounds a year. A year. They sometimes yeah. have special offers on their mm -hmm. website. Um, I mean, it does give you Ordnance Survey maps for the whole of Great Britain 1 to 50, 1 to 25. Lots of foreign maps on there. Um, you do need to be online. Um, it works on a computer and a desk. I'm sorry, I was going to say a desktop. It works on a computer and a tablet. So mm -hmm. the nice thing is. You can use it on a tablet. And it saves things in the cloud. That's what I really like. So if you've got a tablet, you can plan your route on the tablet, save it into the cloud, and then your sat map, you can log onto the Wi-Fi or a Wi-Fi and, and pet sync those two yeah. things. So John, that the advantage of the Expedition 2 software is if you don't connect your GPS, even if you're using it on a computer, you can connect your GPS to Wi-Fi. And as long as your sat map's on Wi-Fi and in the settings on the sat map in the um, set up you put a you, when you turn the wi-fi on you put in your expedition to username and password and then you get the option in their expedition to software to save your routes to their what they call my expedition folders and then you can sync them with the gps without it being connected mm -hmm. with the cable so again of course if you were using it on a tablet where you can't plug the sat map in then that's a way you can get routes onto your sat map um using not using a cable and using this wi-fi sync 
Brilliant, so that's Expedition 2. And then finally, but certainly not least, is the GPS Training OS Planner. So this is something we've produced a number of months ago now. So brief summary of what that is, Andy, and the pros and cons of it, really. So on the homepage of our GPS Training website, near the bottom, there's an option that says Free OS Planner. When you click on there, so you have to be online to use this. This is the first thing. You can't use it on a tablet, so it's purely for a Windows computer or a Mac computer. When you click and uh, go on to it, no subscription, totally free. So that's the first advantage. It has ordnance survey maps for the whole of Great Britain, both 1 to 50 and 1 to 25. Again, totally free. It allows you to plan routes and also import GPX files into it. It can be used with either the SAP map or a Garmin unit or Garmin watches. Where we get a lot of customers using this is, firstly, someone who's got a GPS device that doesn't have detailed mapping on it, so they don't have the ability to use, say, Garmin's Basecamp software. Someone who's got a Garmin watch, one of the Phoenix Ranger watches, it means they can plan routes on a detailed OS map, and all these routes can be transferred just directly onto your GPS device, your Garmin watch, your Garmin GPS, or even a SatMap Active 20, as long as it's plugged into the computer using a USB cable. And we have videos below the OS planner that show you how to do all this. Brilliant, so that's the key thing there. So it's, it's online route planner, it's nice and simple, it's not too complicated, um, but you can't save, you You can export your route once you've created it, but you can't save and go back into it and, and yeah. do that. You'd have if you to do any routes on it, you save them to the desktop of your computer. John's mentioned it is a simple to use. It doesn't have all the features of the SatMap software or Garmin Basecamp, but at the end of the day, it lets you plan a route, edit the route, import a GPX file on a nice detailed ordnance survey map for, just covers Great Britain, doesn't cost anything, and then you can save that route you've created onto the desktop of your computer and follow our videos to transfer it onto your GPS. And just remember again, it is an online software. You have to be on our website to use it. It's not a software you physically download as a program to your computer to then save. You have to just go onto our homepage of the website each time to use it when you're online. Get a few people say, how do I download it? You don't download it. You just go online and it's there. Yeah. On, or you just view it via a web browser, don't you? So the question really is coming. A few people are, people are rang up saying, well, which one should I be using? Actually, I use all of those, but I use them in different situations. So what I thought on the podcast, we can discuss, Andy and myself, how, when and how we are using each of those. So I suppose, when are you using the manual that I'll, I'll discuss? When are you using uh, Garmin Basecamp? When are you using Expedition 2? And when are you using the free OS planner? What kind of situation are you using each yeah. of those? <clears throat> I mean, I, I've got the beauty. I get to use all the GPS devices at work. I mean, personally, I do own a Garmin GPS that has OS mapping on it. And I do own a Garmin Phoenix 6 watch. So if I start with those two first, um, when I'm using the Garmin Phoenix 6 watch, which came with a more basic European mapping, what I tend to find is when I connect my watch to the computer, Basecamp it's very slow to load so what I tend to do if I'm going to do a running route for my Garmin Phoenix 6 I use our free OS planner yes I have to be online but I'm doing this at home anyway when I've got internet access you're not doing work time then Andy no I'm not at work time no when I'm at home <laughs> I do sometimes do them for work but it's not because I'm testing something for work but no when I'm at home I'll plan a route on the GPS training planner I'm online and then I can simply just save that onto the desktop of my computer and on the videos you see I just copy it into my watch so it's a way I can plan routes for my watch um, because my Garmin handheld does have OS maps on it I do sometimes just plug it in and use Garmin's Basecamp 
Um, it's a big screen on the computer. Um, I don't own a tablet. My wife's the only one who's got the tablet. I'm, and my daughter who's got the tablet. So again, if I'm using the handheld, I tend to use the base camp. But to be honest, I have used our planner as well because my handheld's mainly got 1 to 50 maps on it. So if I want to plan a more detailed route, often when I'm planning a route for my watch, I'll send it to the handheld as well. So I probably find I'm using our free OS planner more than anything think, at the moment. Yeah, I think I'm a base camp, yeah. And SatMap Expedition 2, because you, I suppose because you're not a because you're more a Garmin user, Garmin watch and, and Garmin handheld, you're not tending to use it. So, again, on our courses, we teach SatMap um, Expedition 2 on the SatMap courses. Again, if you're using a SatMap, would you use our free OS planner or Expedition yeah. 2? Or? What I'm finding on courses, I mean, the customers who have got a computer and they're happy sitting, you know, when I say happy, that's what they're normally doing. They're sitting at the computer, they find it easier using a keyboard and a mouse. So that customer who's already got a computer I tend to find they still use the Expedition 2. Um, yes, they can use our free planner as well. Um, but, you know, it's it's part of their... It's a SatMap product. Um, they like to use the two together. But where I probably find more customers using the Expedition 2, I get a lot of customers on courses now who don't own a computer. This is on the SatMap side of things. Mm-hmm. They just own a tablet. Mm-hmm. So really, the only way they can get routes onto their SatMap Active 20 with a tablet is to use their Expedition 2 and it works well just with the Wi as long as they need Wi Fi to do it because they have to have the unit on their same Wi Fi at home that they've actually got the Expedition 2 software on to sync the routes across. But yeah, customers with tablets who haven't got a computer mm-hmm. with a sat map. And it's nice, you know, I, I, I've said in the past, you know, Expedition 2 is a nice piece of software, it's been nicely put together, it's easy to use, it's you can do more complicated things with it, but actually to use it in a simple form, it's not hard to do, is it really? No, and it's, um, I mean, I'll talk about it later when we go through some of the tips, but I've got a little tip for you when you're using certain things on the SAP map where that Expedition 2 really does come into its own. So we'll talk about that when we go through one of the tips later. So I was thinking this, somebody asked a question the other day, and I thought, when when do I use each of them? I use um, mainly Basecamp and the, the free GPS training OS planner. If I'm going for a walk up the valley, so if I'm going for a walk, um, I'm going to go and do Windy Gale in, in, I don't know, tomorrow, I would actually just do it on the free OS planner. I can write, I know where I'm going to go. It's just a nice 10, 15 mile walk. I literally, I can plan it on once 25,000 mapping. I'm not going to uh, go upstairs to a big computer, so I can just do it on my MacBook and it's dead simple and whatever. I can just plan it and go and do it. Where I'm finding I'm using Garmin Basecamp is I'm going to work a little bit more on a project. So if I was doing a long distance route or going back to your spine race, you know, you work on that GPX file for a little bit. So actually, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag of what I'm doing this weekend, which is by the time the podcast will be finished, I do this charity walk every year. I'm doing 118 miles in 48 hours. Now that track, I've worked solely on Garmin Base Camping. So I imported my track, linked together my various, tra- important for various locations, linked together from various uh, websites. And then I went and walked all the night sections. So I walked all the night sections with my, and, and created proper GPX files of them. And then I've slotted those in. So on my computer, I've got my my ultimate GPX file, which has been taking many, many hours of walking and doing to do. 
But I've only managed to do that on Garmin Basecamp. I would struggle to do that on our own free route planning software. So that's the way I, I've been tending to use yeah, it. It's worth mentioning at this stage um, what John's talking about there. So the Basecamp software for Garmin and actually Satmaps Expedition 2, they both have a lot of extra features for splitting tracks down into days. Now, if you've got access to our online training course, so if you bought a unit from us, you'll know you get the online training course free for a year or you can purchase it in our support section on GPS Trainings website hidden right down at the bottom of the courses we've got one called gpx files yeah. it's worth having a look in there because you might not realize these videos were there so when you click on courses and gpx files we've got how you import a gpx track and what we've done is videos for garmin's base camp and satmaps expedition now what you might know is on both those videos rather than just showing you how to import a track um john shows you on the base camp how you split those tracks down into days and i'll show you on the expedition too how you use their splitting tool as well these are tools you don't get on the free one because it's a simplified software mm -hmm. so it's worth just if you've got access to our online training courses having a look at courses and gpx files and having a look at those two videos there and that's what i kind of thought i was thinking how do i relate to this i kind of think base camp to me is word isn't it like a word processing thing so i'm sitting down doing a project a long distance trail like you're talking about i'm going to split it into days work out where my accommodation is or i'm going to piece bits and bobs together it's like i'm going to write an article for the website if i write an article for the website i'm going to write it in word first and then it will i'll edit it in word get someone to proofread it and then i'll copy and paste it into the website so that's my working document alternatively if i was just replying to somebody's comments on the website i wouldn't write it in word first i would just write it in on the website because it's, yeah. i'm going to write two or three paragraphs so that's the way i kind of come to think of it is word is my my word processor that's equivalent to garmin basecamp or expedition 2 where the free os planner is what i'm going to use when i'm just going to i'm going to go for a, a 10 mile walk from yeah. home like you're saying i'm going for a run on the sunday i'm going for a training run i'll just sit down on the night before plan it on my and transfer it onto it but actually at the moment for my gpx file i'm going to go and do this weekend it's actually this there's tracks that have been imported but then there's real tracks or pieced together yeah. and i can look at that and go oh that's the that's the sections of those walks. I can actually look into that track, can't I? Gives you a lot more detail. Yeah, I mean, there's a, you do a lot more with the, the, the full software as the base camp and the expedition. I mean, one thing, going back to the free route planner, where I've had a lot of good feedback. Yes, it's a simplified software, uh, but at the end of the day, it lets you plan a route or import a GPX file. I've had a lot of customers on courses who had been paying subscriptions for other companies' products, and they're saying, yes, the different, you know, this doesn't go on a tablet, they can't put it on their phone, but if you've got a laptop at home, it's free to use. And a lot of customers who start out with a more basic unit, we sell a lot of eTrex 10s that have absolutely no maps. And I suppose even the eTrex 22s and 32s, that if you haven't bought that, with an OS map card and find a lot of customers are saying hey this is great I've started off with a budget unit just to see how I get on with the GPS from you as you know we sell a lot of eTrex 10s a, a basic unit with a black and white screen but you can still put a route that's been planned on a detailed free OS planning software onto that eTrex 10 yes it's just a black line to follow but it's still a great way of being able to plan a route and have something to follow on the unit and that's what I've incorporated that walk and talk series I've been doing on YouTube that walk and talk series if you look when I did it you walk and talk with the eTrex 10 or with a 32x i did it with no os mapping on my gps unit but using the free os planner because actually if you're going to go and spend 100 pound on a gps unit well you can't put a, a map card anyway but you wouldn't put a 200 pound map card in even if you could because it's just not even with a 32x you're going to actually this unit's 220 pound am i going to put a 200 pound map card in 
yeah. it's your decision. But if you use the free OS plan, I can plan on 125,000 and overlay it on the top of active mapping in that 32X case. Yeah. And I mean, we've added uh, videos for the eTrex 10 on the online course where we show following these routes that you've sent. So, you know, just because yeah. you've got a basic unit, you're not stopped by not being able to plan routes and being able to plan routes on something that doesn't cost anything. Exactly right. So we kind of, we kind of agree on that, really. So you see, yeah, you said you had some top tips, Andy. I wasn't expecting that. Some quick top, was there some top tips? About no, when when some... we go under the tips, oh, right. one of the okay. tips um, mentions Expedition 2 again. So if you when we get into the top tips, you'll hear me talk about Expedition 2 once more. All right, okay. I'll leave that to the top, top tip. tips. Okay, that's brilliant. So that kind of summarizes the three route plan software. Garmin Basecamp is kind of more project work with a Garmin GPS unit. Um, our free OS planner is if you're kind of going, as Andy's saying, planning a, a run before he goes and does it the next day. He's using it very much with his watch. That's not got OS mapping on there because he gets access to 125,000 mapping. Um, and then um, I, I'm using it very much for those day activities, those day walks. And then Expedition 2, a lot of SatMap users because they can use it on the tablet as well as their desktop computer. And the nice feature there, you can save it into the cloud and then just log onto your Wi-Fi and pair and that. And there's the there. foreign maps you've got as well on Expedition 2 when you appear for the premium, yeah. so, which is good. Just a, a word of caution here for the Northern Ireland. This is our free OS plan doesn't have an ordinance serving map for Northern Ireland. I've since discovered it. Well, a couple of people mentioned that, so yeah, it's, it's just, just, Great Britain, just Great Britain rather, yeah, rather than the United Kingdom. What I'm going to do in the podcast notes, I'm going to give you various links. I've done some links uh, where you can download Gamma Base Campers, how you can sign up to Expedition 2, and also how you can get to our free OS route playing software. So please do look in the podcast notes and you will see those in there as cooler weather is just around the corner what we're going to do next is look at the best ways to conserve your battery life in an outdoor gps unit so garmin tips really only for better battery life um this came from one of your points i know you you, you put things on my job sheet of well of yeah. things we can discuss on the podcast and i thought oh we can make a nice article out of this so we will separate Garmin units into two types. We've got those run on AA batteries, and we've got those that have got a built-in battery. There's more and more units now with that built-in yeah. battery. So, Andy, first of all, units that run on AA batteries, what are some top tips to conserve, improve, get the most out of your GPS units under <coughs> cold temperatures? Yeah. So if you've got a Garmin GPS that runs on AA batteries, the first thing I'd look at is decent quality batteries. Um, in the cold weather, the batteries that tend to work best, if you're using rechargeable batteries, Eneloop Pro batteries seem to perform much better in colder temperatures. If you haven't got rechargeables, lithium, I know that throwaway, we should maybe be trying to go away from throwaway batteries, but it's worth keeping a small number of lithium AAs because they work better in cold temperatures than alkaline batteries do. Um, if you are using rechargeables, if you haven't got the Eneloop ones, just try and get rechargeable batteries that have a minimum capacity of 2300 mAh. The higher the number, the better. Very good. So some good quality batteries. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Lithium, if you can, Eneloop Pro work better in cold temperatures. Um, before I go into the settings of the unit, just a tip. If you have obviously got AA batteries and you're carrying spare ones, keep them in your inside pocket close to your body. If you put a nice warm battery in the unit, it performs much better than a battery that's freezing cold because they've been at the bottom of your rucksack. So keep your spare AA batteries close to your body brilliant so if you're running a unit off to play batteries good quality batteries and as andy says keep them in inside pockets and then that will keep them warm and i suppose the next lot of tips doesn't matter we're using double a batteries or a built-in batteries 
what are the things that we can do with the unit to keep that battery going? Yeah. Just before I move on to all the other units, one thing I have missed off there, when you go into your settings on a Garmin unit, settings and system, um, if you've got a unit that has got AA batteries in, you select there the type of battery you've got. So that's important. You'll see, as long as you're not using the, the Garmin's own batteries and you've got your own AAs in, you see alkaline, lithium, NIMH and the final setting is pre-charged NIMH if you bought the rechargeable batteries that say they're already charged so you do need to make sure in setup and system that you select the right type of AA battery for the type that you're using. That's the top tip there if you have got the wrong battery settings often your unit is giving you the wrong battery level isn't it so often I put in, you put in batteries and you know they're fully charged and suddenly your unit's showing them as three-quarter charge Usually you've got the wrong setting in there, yeah, and that's you, quite nice. You maybe change batteries halfway around the walk. You had rechargeables ones in, yeah. the run out. You put some lithium ones in, but you forget to go into setup and system yeah. and change the battery type to lithium. So sometimes you can just get a little top tip. Are we going to mention the AA battery pack by Garmin or not? Should we? Should we the one that we use to keep keep books from falling over on the shelves and, yes. and we shouldn't insult it really. But it's not the best, is it? So there is a Garmin do produce a AA battery pack, which as Andy Wright said, we're not massive fans of really. It's a bit of a shame because it actually was a legacy of the old Oregon 600. We got it, I don't know, it was even before that, Oregon yeah. 600. So it is kind of 10 years old, isn't it, all the sorts? If, if anyone's bought it, we're not, I mean, joking aside, it does a job. Um, what it was for was Garmin do this battery pack that they call an AA rechargeable pack. And the way it works is it's got some plastic tape wrapped around it. That, so when you put it in certain units, you, it lets them charge the batteries in the unit itself. But the only problem is we found the capacity of those batteries is only 2,000 milliamp hours. Mm -hmm. just doesn't last long enough, you know. So if you're wanting some spare batteries where, yeah, you can charge in the unit, it's fine. But the, the life of them is not great. You are better off just your own separate charge. I mean, chargers are small and lightweight now anyway. Yeah. yeah, and to be honest, we used to get them free with the Oregon 750, but now that's been discontinued. There's a lot less people now using them because a lot yeah. of people get them. And, and that was really odd, really, because that was a, a GPS unit that needed good battery capacity because it had a camera built in and we gave a poor yeah. batteries with it. So, okay, so correct battery settings, recommended end loop or lithium, keep spare warm uh, warm ones, sorry, keep spare batteries warm. Uh, warm and maybe an inside pocket. So moving on then to AA batteries and built-in batteries, what are the other yeah, settings? so before I interrupted you there, yeah. all these things are really relevant to whatever you, Garmin unit you've got. Um, so first thing we sort of look at is your backlight display. All of the Garmin units have a setup where you can see how long in setup and display, how long the backlight's on for. Don't have it stay on for a couple of minutes. You want it down to maybe 30 seconds, something like that. Because if you know the screen goes off, you can just touch the screen or any button and the screen comes back on. So keep in the backlight, um, how long it stays on for. All of the Garmin units have settings where you see how bright the backlight is. So most of the units you'll find it's either on the on the push button units, you're pressing the on off button once, not to turn it off, and then you use your plus or minus to adjust the backlight. On the touch screen ones, you find you swipe down from the bottom and you've got a bit where you can set how bright that display is. What you'll find is even in the winter, we have, of course, lovely sunny days. We can have a snowy day where the sun's really bright. You don't need the backlight up high when the sun is bright. You can have the backlight virtually down to sort of 10%, you know. Mm -hmm. So keeping that backlight, um, the actual brightness down and how long it stays on for down. Brilliant. So that's the, the, that, that's the main things on backlight. One thing that often gets um, a setting that people maybe don't realise is there. In your setup and backlight setting, you've also got one on all of the units called battery save mm -hmm. function. Now, I really like the battery save function. The way this works is 
if you've got your backlight set for say 30 seconds after 30 seconds is up the backlight goes dim screen's still on but if you turn battery save on when the 30 seconds times out the screen actually goes off so you've either got to press the the, the power button to bring it back on. I know some of the older push button units, you can press any button, but the newer ones, it's the power button once, or on the touchscreen units, what's nice, it's the power button. So it actually locks the screen as well, so it stops accidental touches on the touchscreen unit. You don't need to be walking along looking at your unit on all the time. Once you've had a look at the screen, sussed out what's coming up, you put it back on however you're carrying the unit, let the screen go off after 30 seconds. It's not turning the unit off, it's just taking the actual screen off. Mm -hmm. So I really like battery save as well. Mm -hmm. The other thing I did, I, when I walked with the Montana earlier this year, I actually changed it so when you double tapped on the power button, the screen went blank. So you can choose what you do at each of these. So I changed the settings so when you double tap on the power button, the screen went blank. So therefore, when I was carrying it on a pouch, I kind of thought, I don't want the screen on just in case something touches it. I was double tapping it, switching off the screen, and then putting it in there as well. Yeah, so and the a... setup and user keys yeah. is the option to do that. It's interesting, I had someone on a course who would accidentally, on their Oregon 700, normally one press of the power button gets you to the main menu, and they'd actually changed it. So one press of the power button turned the screen yeah. off, so they couldn't get to the main <laughs> menu. So I had to go into setup and change that. But if you change it to something like a double tap on the power yeah. button, then you're not accidentally changing a default setting so yep there's options where you can make one of the power keys they call it mm -hmm. uh, turn the screen off as well so and i thought really with that with a big screen unit you know, <coughs> when it's in a pouch you don't why have it on anyway because it's in a pouch yeah. and you can't see it so so therefore so you look at battery save options so again battery save option is however long your time light time your backlight is on when that goes off the the screen goes off isn't it? so again yeah. you can change that for 50 30 seconds uh, and that's works and there the save. so they're all to do with the display the next things we look at that are, they're the, I mean, they're the main things I would look at, but there's a few other things you can do if you're really struggling with battery life and you realise you maybe haven't got some spare batteries in your pocket and you want to keep the unit on because you're doing some navigation at the end of the day. What you can do is change a few other things. Now, on a lot of the units now, you have settings in them where you can turn Wi-Fi on and Bluetooth on so they're paired with your phones. If you're not using those things, make sure you go into set up Wi-Fi, turn off. You're not going to be using Wi-Fi when you're away from home, I wouldn't think, out on the hills. So turn that off when you leave home. Set up Bluetooth. Turning that off will stop phone alerts coming through on the screen of your GPS. But if you're needing to save that battery and you're not so worried, as long as you know you've done it, turn off and set up any Bluetooth settings as well. Otherwise, it's always, you know, it's only using a small amount of battery, but it's all going to help, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Other things that we can do with the units? Yeah, so the last couple of things I tend to look at, when you're on the map screen, you do get the option if you go to set up in maps to turn off track up and have it in north up. Now, I prefer navigating in track up, so as I turn, the map turns with me. But if you put it in north up, it's using less battery because it's not having to turn the map as you move. So again, it's just another way you can save battery. This would be a last resort if I'm struggling, you know, and I haven't got spare battery. So putting your map into north up. And finally, rather than leave, if you, now this is more if you're going to leave your unit on um, and not have the battery saved so the screen's off. If you're someone who prefers to leave the screen on, even if the backlight's dim, try and swipe the screen if you've got a touch screen so it's on something like the trip computer rather than the map screen because the map screen uses more battery as it's moving. Same on your push button units, use the page button to move it to something like the trip computer if you're not going to turn the screen off so that when the screen's on all the time with maybe the backlight down, you've still got a, a screen that 
doesn't use as much battery. Yeah. And even the compass screen as well. That compass screen is nice. It's not what we're trying to do is not draw that map all the time. That map being drawn all the time, especially yeah. if you're cycling or something like that. If you put yeah. this on a push bike and you're going along a well, you're a cyclist, so about I don't know 20, 30 miles an hour. Yeah. It's drawing that map. It's going to take a lot. Of so just any screen other than the map. Now remember, this is all about saving battery. If you've got spare batteries, you've got your unit charged. You've got a spare battery pack for say a unit with the. Um, the built-in battery you're not worried this is for that scenario where you suddenly realize yeah at the end of the day you still need to navigate and you've got no spare batteries it's giving you some tips to get that last bit of juice out of your unit before it runs out mm -hmm. so brilliant so there's some nice top tips there so switch off your bluetooth and wi-fi um leave the screen not on the map page um set up map uh, change the orientation north up um, and we've discussed the, the battery save options as well. So there's some nice uh, options there to, to preserve it. As Andy says, if you've got spare batteries, it doesn't really matter. We can just, um, we can swap our batteries. Do you want to go through swapping AA batteries in the field or swapping batteries? Yeah, no, that's why we're on that. It's yeah, a good yeah. thing because we do get asked that. So if you've got a unit with AA batteries and suddenly your batteries, um, you get the message saying low battery or you haven't realised, you heard your unit beep but so it had low battery and haven't had a chance to change them and then the screens went off. All you need to do is, um, if the screen is still on, turn the unit off. If it's went off because the batteries are dead, fine, don't worry about it. Back off your unit. Make sure you cover your unit over if it's raining so you don't get any rain in the back when you're changing batteries. Take the AA batteries out. Be very careful your map card. The units that have got a map card sitting behind the little metal clip that you don't knock that metal clip or lose your map card. Put the batteries back in. When you turn the unit back on, any navigation you were doing to a route will still be on the screen. But when if you've been recording a track, um, other than the map 65 that's always recording or the 64, you do need to resume that recording. You won't have lost any of the data that was there previously, but on your um, units you need to go in the, the, the place that you go to to start the recording, you'll see it will now say resume and you just need to touch on the resume or on your push button units like the 66s, press enter and then resume to start the recording yeah. again. But it won't have lost any of the data before. That's brilliant, but it still navigates. If you're navigating a track, that, sorry, if you navigate a route to a track, that will still be there but we just need to start the recording yeah. of the track if you've we? got a unit that has a built-in battery and it has run out now bear in mind they have a great battery life yeah. so you know it's very rare that happens but if it has happened if you've got an emergency battery pack make sure you're carrying your usb cable that your unit came with as well because you need that to go with the battery pack plug the battery pack in it will let you turn your unit on it will start to charge your unit you do the same again your route navigation should still be on the screen you start the recording uh, resume the recording sorry unfortunately you will of course have to leave that pack in mm -hmm. just until it's got enough juice in. so it just means you're walking along temporarily with the pack in um you know for that emergency navigation brilliant that's a really good top tip of how to change batteries or keep charging your batteries when you're in the field so that's garmin users for sat map users um top tips and <laughs> really for better battery life on yeah. a SatMap? Some things are the same. So if you've got your SatMap unit and you've bought, say, a spare LiPol battery or you've bought the battery cradle that takes three AA batteries, make sure you keep that in your inside pocket so they're warm before you put them in. And the SatMap unit, it also has a setup, um, a setting where you tell it what type of battery you're using. So you need to make sure in your settings that you've got it selected to use LiPol battery if it's the rechargeable battery that it came with or if you do use the battery cradle that you change it to whatever type of AAs you've put in. Now to be honest SatMap only really recommend if you're using that emergency battery cradle that you use lithium batteries yeah. or really high end you need um, rechargeable batteries that do have a very high number so ideally something probably 2500 milliamp hours and up you know yeah. so 
keep your batteries warm, make sure the setup in the system is set for the right battery type. And then it's the same as the Garmin, really, your backlight settings. Yeah. When you go into the sat map unit and you go into the setup and power options and advanced power, you can set how long the screen, the backlight stays on for. Um, so it's changing that setting so it's not too high, the same as a Garmin. And also on the sat map, you've got a button on the top left of the Active 20 that takes the backlight up and down. Mm -hmm. So make sure that's not too high. I know sometimes on a dark day, you have it quite high. And actually on the sat map, when it's really bright sunlight, you sometimes have to put it up as yeah. well, put it up quite high. Make sure you just put that backlight back down when you're then not looking at the unit, you yeah. know. Brilliant, that's very good. So those are your sat map tap tips. So lower the main backlight uh, using the button that you said on the top. Uh, power control turn down from three minutes to one minute advanced power settings um again you can you can alter those uh power off button and then again if you are using the um you know lithium or lipo keep those close to yourself and uh, keep those the one close. setting i haven't mentioned on the sat map sorry that i use quite a bit because i don't think it's always a default setting if you go to setup and um there's a setup and power off button setting where you select if you wanted to hibernate and one of the options there is you can select button three to <coughs> be the unit turning off so that when you press the power button once you get the option to turn screen off so all you're doing is actually turning the screen off rather than the whole unit right okay fantastic you can find videos about battery save tips and lots more in the GPS training online resource. Please just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on online resource on the top menu bar. The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is the different ways to carry an outdoor GPS unit. So actually this has come because I've done a video, um, I think it was in the newsletter a week or two ago, uh, looking at the various options that are available to carry both the Garmin, um, well this was about Garmin GPS unit, but we'll also discuss the SatMap options as well. So I'm not gonna, well, I suppose we could go through the carabiner clip, backpack tether, cart mount, quick release lanyard, retractable lanyard, lanyard carabiner, carry cases uh, for each of those units. So, um, how do you carry yours, Andy? Can you got a GPS map 86i, which is the same as a 66i. How do you carry your GPS unit when you're walking and running? Yeah, I've got two things from yourself for the unit. I've got the backpack tether, which I tend to use more than anything else, because most of the time, I'm out, even when I'm out trail running, I've got a very small backpack on us, so that just goes on the strap as it comes down over my chest i'll be honest i have got i've got it because i've got a number of backpacks now that i'm trying for the diff the event that i'm doing i do have a backpack that has a front mesh pocket yeah, and yeah. it just sits in nicely so to be honest sometimes i don't have any accessory i do just have it if i'm you know sitting in that mesh pocket but depending what rucksack i've got and sometimes i like to have my water bottles i've got these little squashy water bottles oh. in those pouches so i will use the backpack tether the other accessory i've got i've got the the case that fits the 66 and the 86 but i can only use that when i've got my walking trousers on that i've got a belt mm -hmm. does work quite well because the unit's kept upright and the aerial point in the right way mm -hmm. but sometimes when i'm running in the warmer where then i've got shorts on i don't have the belt mm -hmm. to be able to use that and you find the back, back tether is okay when you're running does it ever fall off because again I, I i'm not a runner so i'm just when you're walking mean, and have a few people say oh it falls off well actually if you're running you're pounding up and down is it yeah is it... i mean to be honest my trail running at the moment's probably more like a fast walk right. um, 
And a lot of time when I'm trail running, to be honest, the backpack I've got is this one that has the mesh pocket. So I can understand the customer saying that if you're really pounding the beat, mm -hmm. you might find it is better than just find a pocket for it to go in. But make, the trick is making sure it's pointing upwards and it's yeah. somewhere you can get to quickly. You don't want to end up upside down at the back of your rucksack. So you've got to have that right yeah. type of pocket. But certainly for the walking and hiking and even my sort of slow trail run i've not had an issue with yeah. the backpack tether brilliant so you're using either backpack tether or a case thoughts on a carabiner andy let's be controversial what's the thing of the garmin carabiner the advantage of the carabiner it's free with most units yes. it doesn't cost you anything <laughs> you can clip it onto virtually anything mm -hmm. i just find it bounces around a bit too much that's the problem it clips onto the unit nice and tight but at the end of the day it's how a carabiner works the unit wobbles around yeah some people like it I suppose it depends where you clip it on your rucksack, but and then it's trying to unclip it on where you've put it, you yeah. know. Um, I agree, it would drive me totally mad. It has in the past drove me totally mad with the thing bouncing about. Cart mount, have you seen the cart mount? Not we have I have seen the cart mount, but yeah. I've not used it myself. Um, I, um, John will probably explain a bit more about it, but when I've looked at it, I was thinking more of things like the Etrex. 32x and 22x i don't know what your yeah. maybe the oregon 700 that's slightly smaller and lighter mm -hmm. it's funny really because the cart mount is is made to go on a bar so again if you're wanting to mount your um well it's, it's made for a golf cart i suppose golf that's cart, a, yeah that's what's called a cart mount. but if you want to mount it on a canoe your gps unit just make you a bar where you can mount it on that it's a really nice feature at the time i kind of thought actually if you had a smaller unit as you rightly say and i wanted to mount a 32x i could mark it to my, my poles i could put it on there you do have to then clip it on and off but again it's it's there and close to hand we've sold a few not sold a massive amount of them so again it's it's one that we saw at the time oh, i can see where that would fit uh so just again have a look at that um retractable lanyard quick release lanyard i suppose we sell the lanyard a lot with the montana 700 don't we the the quick release lanyard retractable lanyard we do sell a, a, quite a large amount yeah. of the retractable lanyard fact, again probably this on the lanyards i tend to find a part i know we have used them with the montana because that's a we'll come back to that when we go yeah. into some of the other carry methods mm -hmm. it's a difficult one to carry but i still think lanyards are more popular with the 32x's the 22x's the e-trex 10s and the oregon 700s just because it's a lighter unit and yeah. i suppose it's it's do you feel comfortable having something around your neck yeah i mean the advantage with the lanyard certainly the standard lanyard it does have the breakaway bit at the back so if it was to get tangled it does snap away at the back for safety mm -hmm. um, but it tends to be probably the lighter units that you retractable lanyard andy i've not used that myself mm -hmm. um but i've seen it on courses and customers have liked mm -hmm. it you know pull it that um you hook it on a belt loop don't you and then it just pulls up yeah. um again it, the, the whole idea is this is that you don't leave your unit lying on the ground when you pick your rucksack up so it's always attached to either your clothing mm -hmm. or your backpack you know so they all do a job it's getting comfortable with what you prefer to use so i kind of think i would use that if i it was keeping in like i had a, a, a mesh pocket on the outside of my rucksack i thought i'd keep my gps in there i could put a retractable lanyard on there and then it's attached to my rucksack i'm never going to lose my gps yeah. unit if i accidentally don't manage to put it in my pocket when i'm reaching behind but then if i pull it out the cords quite long i can see it and then yeah. put it back in so it's, it's a nice feature like that and again I'm, I'm a bit like you i don't i'm not a big fan of having a gps around my neck i know yeah. some people are but when we move on to the montana which we will do now with a montana carry case i do like it also attached to the case with with one of the lanyards isn't that's yeah. a nice thing. i mean what you met, what john's talking about here the lanyard we have it's quite a substantial lanyard yeah. it's not one of these little thin wrist ones which i have used again when i've just had the unit in my wrist so i don't drop it so it's it, it will take a bit more weight than i suppose a lighter unit 
Yeah, and then we've got carry cases. As you say, you'll often know if you if you're walking, you potentially will put yours in a, a belt a carry yeah. case. I think the thing with the carry case is just make sure you know you're going to have it at the side of your body, you know, with a belt loop coming through it, and you just make sure that it goes in so that aerial's pointing upwards. Yeah. You know, if you're using a touchscreen unit, you make sure you are using one of those functions where the screen goes off, so you've either got the the battery saved, so you make sure the screen's off before you put it in, so it doesn't get accidental touches on the screen. And, you know, I've not had an issue with mine with it pointing upwards. I know some people, when they're climbing over styles and that, don't like stuff by the side mm -hmm. of their pockets. I, I get on all right with the carry case, as long as I've got trousers mm -hmm. with my belt on, which my walking trousers do. But you, you can't really put it at the front, because when your legs lift up, it keeps catching it. Just yeah, I'd always have it at the side, the side of my belt, yeah. yeah. And then it's, it is easy to get to and get to the unit. Very good. So if you want to look at the video I was talking about, where I look at these various garment accessories, just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on product reviews on the top, and then the article is called the best way to carry a Garmin GPS unit, your options. Now let's move on to SatMap. So SatMap accessories, we're kind of limited really to the carry case, there's official one, non-official one, a lanyard, and then there's a quad lock accessories, aren't there really? So <laughs> what, yeah. how, how do you carry the SatMap, Andy? What to be honest with the SatMap, I used to use the lanyard that was fine, it's, um, but again, um, it is quite a heavy unit because it's got a nice battery, in a positive, it's got a really big battery in it, so you get great battery life, and sometimes I feel that weight around my neck, so I ended up going back to a case, because I tend to, the sat map I'm using more when I'm walking and hiking um, with the Ordnance Survey maps, so we used to use the sat map case, but the only problem I had with that, it's very tight fitting, it's a good quality case, not too big, so that's good, but I find getting the unit in and out of the case was a bit of a chew on really. So what we found is John um, managed to source a case for the, the Garmin Montana 700 because really that's a big unit to carry and we found the best way to carry the Garmin 700 Montana was in this large carry case on a belt. We've actually found the sat map. Yes, it, it's not a tight case for the sat map, but it just means it's dead easy to get it out. So I'm actually finding I use that case that we, that non-official case for the sat map that we do and that we also use for the monitor. It's quite funny actually, because that was your inspiration, Andy. I think you walked in the office one day and went to, why don't we use this case with a sat map? I don't know, why don't we? Because I was struggling to get it out of their tight case, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I don't understand why it's so tight. It doesn't bother me really, it's nice and compact. But even when it's in, I struggle to get the top over. You know, it's just a Velcro top. And I, str yeah. I struggle to get that over it. Uh, and I know I've actually had a couple of people, and we sell a lot of this, but I've had a couple of people actually send them back saying, oh, this is just too tight, really. Um, so we're selling more of the, the non-official ones. Uh, you mentioned the lanyard. You thought it was quite uh, heavy. Quadlock, um, they do a belt clip, don't they? <coughs> yeah, so with the SatMap Active 20, you can buy from us a metal plate that goes on the back of your unit. Then you can actually use any quad lock accessory. Mm -hmm. And the ones we stock are the belt clip, which again, I just, I don't know with that being quite a big unit. Mm -hmm. I feel with the, 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 it feels a bit better in the case. I know that sounds daft because mm -hmm. it's still on the side of us. I worry about it's quite a small belt clip. It, do, it does work. I have used it on the belt clip before. Mm -hmm. Quadlock is a great product, and I don't feel that it's going to come away because you have to twist it mm -hmm. to twist it off. So actually, it probably personal choice. Um, I'll, the, the case is a bit cheaper, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's the only really way you've got is with the quadlock belt clip or the case. But so if I'm a bit like you, actually. With the bigger units, like a Montana, I want to carry it in a case. With a sat map, I want to carry it in a case. It's just, you know, with a smaller unit, I'm happy to have a rucksack strap or something like that. But with those larger units, there's yeah. something, as you say, something's 
solid to put it in and then you know it's there. <laughs> I mean, one thing we haven't mentioned because we're talking about carrying it rather than fitting on a bike, but also with the sat map, if you are a cyclist, we do the quad lock for the bike mm-hmm. and actually the Garmin units, we do bike mounts as well. So if you are on a bike, there's ways you can put it on a bike rather than worrying about it being in your, your backpack. We do have cycle mounts, but yeah, I think that if I was the act of 20, I'd be going with the non-official um, case the one that you, you do need to be wearing a belt with your walking trousers fantastic to find out more about the accessories we've listed above please just go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk gps or and accessories the next thing on this month's gps training podcast is andy's top tips and we have a lot of them andy your <laughs> garmin top tip um i have oh, a couple you have two yours yes it's gone Turn by turn routes. Yeah. Um, in a Garmin unit, so all the Garmin units we sell on courses, we often show customers if you've created a route and sent it to your unit, what we call a direct route. So it's point to point to point um, that you've planned, say, in Garmin's base camp or our free planner we've talked about. If you get to the end of your route and decide you want to go the same way back and you forgot to start your track recording, so you can't do that track back that we often show customers how to do, there's a nifty thing in the Garmin units where you literally just go into your route planner, go into the route where you've got the editing tools and one of the options is reverse route. You simply press enter on the touch, sorry, enter on the push button unit on the touchscreen unit touch on reverse route, does it instantly. I often get customers accidentally reverse it back the other way because they don't realise it's so quick. Works great. You can then follow that same route back to the start. Mm-hmm. What I discovered, I didn't realise this, we have an option in the Garmin's where you can create routes where you snap to a footpath. Yeah. So if you've got the Topo Pro map and you're in a national park, you've watched some of our videos on the online course where we show you how you can snap to a footpath and then on your unit with the right settings set to hiking, you can follow that route. You can't re- reverse a snap to trail or snap to road if it was road cycling mm-hmm. route. So my tip is if you're going to do a route where you think, oh, what if I decide to do it in the reverse direction? This is where we go back to actually why would we use Garmin's Basecamp software over the other softwares. In Garmin's Basecamp software, one of the options when you create a route and snap it to the roads, I would then do exactly do a second route and just start it at the end yeah. and do exactly the same, snap it back to the where you started and send two routes to your unit. So one's an out route. And one's a coming back route. So if you're using a direct route, we have the possibility on the GPS unit to reverse that. So we get to the start of the walk and go, oh, the wind's blowing the opposite way. I don't want to walk into the wind. You can just reverse it. But if you created a snap to trail or snap to road, like turn by turn routing, we're unable to reverse that. So you have to create an in and out. And I never thought, sorry, the circular route as well. I'm thinking about getting to the end somewhere. So as John's mentioned there, if you've done a circular route and decided you want to do it the other way around, do two, if it's a snap to trail or snap to road for cycling, do an in and an out and do two routes. That's fantastic. Good. And then the good old chestnuts of importing GPX files. Number of waypoints, number of track points, the old one about this. And <coughs> Where this has come about is loads of customers now, and I can understand why, because I do the same. I'm getting lazy and not planning my own routes. We're importing mm. GPX files from websites where someone's uploaded a route that they've done. But what I'm finding is a lot of time, someone's sitting at home planning a route on some software, doesn't matter what software they plan it on, and they're putting too many points in the route for it to work on a Garmin GPS. So the way the Garmin's work, if anyone doesn't realise, if you've done a direct route where, so someone on a website with a tend to be direct routes where someone sat and said, I'm going to do the Pennine Way, and the sit and plan it, click, 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 click. If it's more than 200 points 
on the older units if you've got things like the map 64s's oregon 700's e-trex range e-trex touches it's a maximum of 200 points per route the newer units so the 66s and the montana 700's it's 250 points so if you get a route that you send to this is why we use basecamp software you import the route into basecamp software all on the videos on the online course how you do this you can then look at the properties of that route and you go ah it's more than 200 points or more than 250 points i've got a nice video in the software that takes two seconds to do and it's called how do i convert a route to a track that is too large for my gps unit doesn't matter whether you're mac or windows it's a simple right click on the route name and one of the options is convert to track you then send the track to your unit and you use the track using the fine button or the where to magnifying glass because you can navigate the track the same as a route and the reason i say this is a track can have the units that have 200 route points maximum can have 10,000 track points and a unit that has 250 route points maximum 20,000 track points so convert a route to a track you won't have any problems navigating it brilliant and that's yeah especially when you're downloading gpx files from the internet we need to be aware if it's a route or a track and look at the number of waypoints if it is a route and potentially convert yeah. that to a track and the only downside when you're navigating as a track you won't get the tone alerts when you get next to via points and when you look at the distance to next on the compass point that'll actually be the distance to the end but to me it's a quick way of being able to rather than try to search for another route that's got less points and being able to send a route that's got more than 200 or 250 points and as long as it's under 10,000 or 20,000 send it as a track fantastic so that's your Garmin top tips and then your sat map top tips so this is about route rendering and colors is it then yeah so two sat map tips the first one is it actually came about from the Peak District course on the weekend, where one of my customers mentioned to me he had a certain level of colour blindness and he was struggling to see the default colours of the route on the SatMap unit. And there was a lovely lady on my course said, Andy, I've just seen one of the settings in the unit called route rendering. That looks like it's to do with root colours. Mm -hmm. So we all had a look at it together, which was great. It's nice when a customer sort of highlights something that, you know, we don't always cover every single menu in the unit. So it was nice to sort of look at this together as a group. So on your sat map unit, when you first get it, as you put a route in your unit to navigate with, there's automatic default settings of what the colour of the route is that you see in front of you. And it changes colour as you move over it. But you can change all those colours to absolutely there's like a little 50 pence shape with all the colors of the rainbow with wow. different shades so what you do on your unit you go into settings and a one called root rendering and there's a few options there the one called normal root color you press down on the joystick to select it and then move over all the different colors normal root color is what you see when you're planning the route directly on the unit as you're planning it so it's not as important that one to me the next one it's the one called highlighted root color whatever you change highlighted root color to that's what the route looks like when you're on it in front of you so what's in front of you so you can change it to whereas the garmin's always as we used to call it garmin pink mm -hmm. it's always that pink color the sat map if you change that highlighted color to something else um you can have any choice there's so many choices and they also have one called completed root color so as you move over the route the bit you've walked over changes color so it's worth having a look at those settings in settings and route rendering the final one i tend to look at which i got asked on the course on the weekend what does it mean by transparency so the transparency setting is the higher the number so if you set it it's something like 80 percent 
you'll you'll see a very faint root overlaid on the map so that's probably too faint if you set it at 30 or 40 percent it makes the root color slightly opaque so you can sort of see the mm -hmm, map mm -hmm. coming through so again that's a setting to have a look at so that's my first sat map fantastic tip. brilliant and then the next one to navigate a gpx file sent to your sat map so yeah how do we do this yeah then? if you send a gpx file to a sat map unit you don't often know when you go on website someone will say download the root here for Coniston Copper Mines, but it's actually a track recording. Now, if you just drop that into the menu of your sat map, what you'll find is you, you go to your main menu and folders and try and activate it as a root. If it's a track, you can't do that. Now, in your sat map unit, it has to be a root for you to be able to activate it. So if you ever send a GPX file to your sat map by looking at our videos, we show you ways you can just drop it directly on the unit. When you go to your main menu, and internal storage if you see that name that file that you've sent to your unit but it's got a little footprint symbol you can't select it to navigate with you have to highlight that footprint symbol select the actions button and there's an option that says convert to root and then you can select it to navigate with and the key thing going back to the Garmin issue which is number of waypoints we don't have that same issue yeah, with the sat map they don't limit to number of waypoints I would say if you have got a route that has a lot more than 200 300 waypoints mm -hmm. it can sometimes be a bit slow to load the final thing that i did discover recently which i hadn't realized whether it's a new update we talked about why would use satmaps expedition 2 software yeah, yeah. if you import a gpx file into satmaps expedition 2 software it automatically converts it to a root so if you then have a look at it decide you're happy you're going to do it you might want to change the name of it which we show in the videos um, on the GPX file courses videos on our online course. If you then export that route back out, rather than sending the one you've downloaded from the internet straight to your unit, the one you take back out of Expedition 2 is a route automatically. Their right. software converts it to a route. A little bit more sophisticated, isn't it, really? That SatMap yeah. software is brilliant. Fantastic. Some really good top tips there about changing the colour um, on the on, on the, on the, uh, the route. Well, is it a route. It's a route and a track, isn't it, on the SatMap? And then potentially about the converting these GPX files when we put them on. To find out more top tips, please do sign up to the GPS Training online resource. This is packed full of videos. Go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on online resource on the top menu bar. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. If there are, if there are any subjects you'd like us to cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch. Just ask us anything and we'll cover it in future podcasts. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new outdoor GPS unit. And please do take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS training courses on the top menu bar. If you can tell a friend about the GPS training podcast, it's very much appreciated. And if you can give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to, and even a snazzy review, that is also very much appreciated. Again, please do take a look at our YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the uh, show notes and we've got lots of videos. We upload a video now every week uh, to our YouTube channel. And many thanks, Andy, for joining me yeah, on this thank you. GPS training podcast. Have you enjoyed it, Andy? Yes, I'm losing my voice now. You can tell I've talked too much. <laughs> <laughs> Over the weekend, you've just had three days off as well, you know, know, to recover. I know. Uh, I bet they weren't three days off knowing it's no. half term as well, yeah, isn't it? Half term's always busy, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So thank you very much, Andy, for joining me. And again, if anybody's got any comments or anything, please do leave them in the comment box below. And thank you very much for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. Mm -hmm.
Thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Thank you.